0: Geocaching is an any day, anytime adventure that can take you to amazing and
1: beautiful places. Or even just to a place in your town that you've never been before. There are millions of geocaches worldwide. There are probably even some near you right now.
0: Yes, you. Maybe at work, in your car,
1: where do you are.
2: Amos Travel Sales is proud to offer hosted geocaching tours and cruises. Join us as we hunt for geocaches on our travel adventures. And by J.P.'s GeoDesigns. J.P.'s GeoDesigns is one of the world's leading designers of geocoins. Contact them and get your next awesome geocoin design done. Check out their store and their website at jpsgeodesigns.com. Please make sure and let these fine sponsors know that you appreciate their support of the show. Well, hey everyone. Time for Geocache Talk. Whether you're at work, in the car, wherever you are, we hope you enjoy the show. Please give it a like and subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Overcast, Radio Public, and Spotify. Then you can get all the weekly Geocache Talk goodness. Big thanks to the Travel Bugs for the music and our patrons, Demon Hunter2, Electric Waterboy, Aggie, Jedi Master, Anteus, Joshua, the Geocaching Vlogger, Nick at Cashley. One kind word, butterfly girl, loon trackers, the Aussie geocacher, Sodak zack, Hmm, I wonder what Sodak Zack is up to tonight. The deadliest cashers, Trail Two, Neil Moore, Team D and D, geocaching Adam, Peachy twelve seventy six, the No Code geocachers, Curiosity Girl, Tick Magnet, Marsipanic, Bricker John, Firesafe, FSabero, Geo Rick, Cash Attic Mel. Geocaching Janji, the Geocaching Junkie, Sir Dremelot, Janice, Tricassius, Tom Frey, Rugles, EGK, PBR, Kasamaya, Master Sergeant, USMC, Little Gears, Albedo 0.39, It's Only Barney, Purple Turtles 3, ACDC Family, None of It Tidy, AFK Geocaching, Josh Boggs, Carrot Killer, Korsgat, Geocaching with Lampe, Bryn Tim07, Dave and Karen of Cash Canada, Team Tailwagger, Black Chrome, Superdate, The Twonky, Burnt Turtles, Padeeb, Kazeli, Dragon, Gunter Hunters, Acme Wild Cashers, P0001, ADK Sarah, Eastern Girls, KC, Billy Robson, Fox and the Hound, TX Wolf Totem, KBlast, Landlocked Pirate Fam, Statuki, Burns fire hockey zombie and our new patrons Ship to Shore, a Holly S, Geo Dandrew Direwolf eight twenty one Deuteronomy thirty one eight Sasquatch lover and Anjay Edamon. How was the French one on that one, Jesse? Was that close? Uh, perfect. <laughs> I don't know. The Better last than two, I would have done. So la- last one, I'm is, okay with it. The last one's French. I did. I did my best. I always apologize to. Everyone, because I butcher all the names. I'm very sorry. Uh, if you'd like to become a patron and hear me misread it, head on over to patreon.com forward slash geocache talk for more details. Patrons get X tags, the new blackout coins. We still have some. If I can hold it right. Ooh. Blackout coin. Yeah. I um, where that voice came from. And other geocaching items during the year, as well as invites to special events, bonus content, is only for patrons support levels start at as little as three dollars a month let me welcome my co-host
3: jesse good evening
2: and let's jump right in because we've got a huge show tonight Mm -hmm. uh show 117 for september 23rd as we welcome to the show brian roth brian welcome to geocache talk
1: thank you very much it's great to be here
2: did you ever think that you would see podcasts about geocaching
1: (laughs) i mean no when when we started i don't think that there were podcasts probably not were there podcasts 17 and a half years ago
2: podcast podcaster our good friends sunny and sandy and sean they've been doing it a long time but not that long
3: no but yeah i don't know how anybody would consume them
2: that's right. right. That's right. It's true. Back in the day. We'll talk, we're will talk. we going to talk about the good old days uh, in a little while because there's some funny stories I know we're going to hear tonight. So, uh, All right. Well, let's get first into some news, um, some geocaching news. So tonight we are releasing Clue 2-2. Mm-hmm. And
3: ahead, not Jesse. to be too cryptic about this clue, but it's all about me.
2: Hey, well you and the st- and the stash stash number 2 there you go so it's a combo
3: there you go <laughs>
2: but that is key that the clue to find the clue to 2-2 is it's all about memphis not the town <laughs> not the city or, or, or maybe who knows or maybe it is who knows memphis mafia so not but, i like that yeah. um so, as you know, we've got lots of loot um, so I've got the whole pile of loot here. We're not going to have time to go through it all tonight, but I do want to mention that I've got cashly coins in here i've got I've got the treasure x, which is in there the actual not just the not just the um, um what am I trying to say not just the um trackables. The trackable, yeah. Thank you. Thanks, Brian. <laughs> Not the yeah, trackable, but an, but an actual like <laughs> Treasure X, like you get to dig it out and have fun with that there. I've got the ones from, we had some that were sent to us from uh, Owain Borman over in, in Great Britain. He made some uh, 3D printed caches that we wanted to put in the the loot. So I've got those. i got coins from Chris Mackey. I've got coins from John Paul Barr. I've got books. I've got... Uh, I've still got one of the DuckTales trackables. And so lots of, lots of cool stuff in the in a lot of loot in the treasure. So, and we're going to keep adding to it as time goes on. So very exciting stuff. So anyway, there you go. Um, we're still in uh, September. So hopefully you're finishing up your, you might be a geocacher if for September.
3: Mm-hmm. You finished um, yours last week, right? I
2: finished mine. Yep, I got the souvenir. Souvenirs me, are so me cool. Too. Oh, way to go, see Brian got a souvenir. I did, yeah.
3: yeah, I um, got mine yesterday, so I finally yeah. was able to get out again. So,
2: yep, cool, very cool. And then uh, we got so you know each month up through December we're going to do different things, which I really uh, I like that uh, that aspect of it. Very cool. Mm-hmm. So, um. We have a uh, winner. Last week we had on um, Joni Douay from uh, Homa, the Homa Geo Tour. We talked a little bit about uh, Brian mentioned mm-hmm. about we talked about Geo Tours earlier, um, and so we had some giveaways. She gave away some cool stuff, and uh, one of the giveaways was a uh, uh, email question answer. Send your email to us with the answer. And they did that. And we had tons of people. I really appreciate people who uh, did that and sent in their answers. Random.org has selected someone and they picked Carla, AKA Little Sprinkles67. So, Carla, uh, email us your mailing address and I will get that information over to Joni and she will uh, send you the coin, the Homa geotour coins. So good stuff. So she's headed up to CoinFest as well as uh, John Paul Barr, one of our sponsors, is traveling from Estonia all the way to CoinFest. And it's over in your
1: neck of the woods, Brian. This is kind of cool this year. Sure is. Yeah. Looking forward to it. We're uh, looking forward to having so many geocachers in town from all over the world. We've got the uh, the visitor center all ready to, uh, to <laughs> sort of receive everybody who's coming to town. And then I know there's a number of events. There's a uh, mm-hmm. love event at the Fremont Brewery by Annie oh, Love, cool. a.k.a.
2: G.O. Yeah. Wallace.
1: Yeah. That's Thursday night. And there's a bunch of other events. And then uh, Sunday should be a ton of fun at, at GeoCoinFest. Yeah, that is awesome. Um, <clears throat> so...
2: Very cool. Um, well, we're going to get right into um, the topic tonight because we've got we have so many questions <laughs> yeah. and um, a lot of uh, a lot of cool stories. I think we're going to be able to hear tonight. So we're just going to get we're going to get right into it. Jesse's going to keep track of the chat room tonight. So if you have a question. Um, and you can join the chat room if you look in, if you're on YouTube, you'll need to be on, you need to kind of bounce over to YouTube. If you're watching it, uh, on our website, uh, you can grab the, um, below where you are watching it. There's a link to the chat room, or if you're on YouTube, it's to the, uh, if you're looking at your screen, is to the right. There's the chat room over to that that side. So, uh, if you have any questions for Brian or for us, please ask them. And Jesse's going to kind of watch
3: that tonight and yeah. jump in. Picked a couple of them up already. So cool. You want to do them we'll now? Get to them. You, we'll get, no, to no we'll get to them now. we get them They're, They have a logical place.
2: Okay, they'll have a spot here in a minute. So yeah. All right. So I'm going to read a little thing I got off of geocaching.com, Brian, and then I'm going to have you sort of fill in some of the gaps as we go. <laughs> All right. I'll, I'll do my best. Uh, yeah, you'll do, you'll do uh, yeah, you'll do great, I'm sure. Uh, uh, the the creation of ground speaks. This is after the and this is there's a whole cool story about that we 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 talked about earlier, but uh, after the the increased traffic from this is after um after the um, the blue switch has been the the um, virtual blue switch has been switched on and everything has begun. Um, uh, let's go back. Let's start with that. Um, so at this point, of course, there's nothing. You know, the geocaching is in the dark void of the world. There's nothing started yet. Um, I, I'll be honest, and I and I've always been kind of interested in tech stuff, but I do not remember this whole thing even kind of beginning. I know the, a lot of the real the real Uber tech nerds probably were really keeping, keeping an eye on this, but do you even remember that, that that day
1: at all? No, no. In fact, I didn't really know about that day <clears throat> until sometime afterwards. Okay. So if, if you'd like, I can tell you sort of the story from my perspective. Okay. About what happened. So sure. I, was, I was working, uh, I had moved out from New York in the late 90s and I was basically looking for a job. I was an attorney doing uh, practicing real estate law in Manhattan, moved out with no job, uh, but I didn't want to work in a law firm anymore. And I came out to Seattle with sort of the dot-com days and there were, you know, the internet was was really just getting going and there were some interesting opportunities. And I ended up joining a company called Savvy Shopper. It was S-A-V-I com. And it was essentially, Savvy was a men's retail clothing store, and they had raised millions of dollars from a company called Infospace at the time. Mm-hmm. And the goal was to take this retail clothing store and build a web presence. So it would be basically mm-hmm. selling clothing online in you know early 2000. Right. Um, and so when I joined the company, Elias was there. Mm -hmm. He was one of the earlier employees um, trying to make it into a a dot-com company. They had a website. Uh, The platform that was powering the website was done by a third-party company. And at that third-party company was Jeremy Irish. Oh wow! And so we had this software, and Jeremy was really the one guy who knew it and could work on it. And I mean, you know, for what it's worth, Jeremy and Elias, in in their in their own disciplines, both of those guys are just brilliant. Mm-hmm. And so Jeremy was working on the software platform. We were having trouble with the software platform um, as far as getting it to work for the the retail purposes, and so we told his company. We had an opportunity to either reject the software and say, look, we're not going to pay for it. It doesn't do what it's going to do. Right. But after talking with Elias, what we said is, hey, let's, let's not reject it. What we really want is we'll accept the software, but you have to let us hire Jeremy. Mm. So they did. <laughs> And you know, in those early days, that's when we kind of started to become friends. Yeah. Uh, Elias was handling all of the technical infrastructure for the company, the servers, routers, hardware, telco, alarm systems, you name it. Jeremy was managing the website. I was doing biz dev, legal, HR, all the non-technical things. A buddy of ours, and this is probably around June of 2000, a buddy of ours, uh, trivia question, answer perhaps someday, named Michael Schmidt, brought in a little yellow e-trex that he got for his birthday oh wow and he's like oh you know gps it's satellite and we were all sort of into gadgets and, and stuff and we're like oh you know this is really cool well jeremy took it outside and you know was fascinated by the little man walking on the screen right. as he moved around
2: <laughs> exactly
1: and he came back in and he he's like oh this is really cool He went online, discovered the news group where Dave Ulmer had posted his, you know, early days message of, Hey, this, this could be a game and found, you know, Mike Teague had found it within a couple of days. And so Jeremy basically bought a GPS device and drove a couple hours away because there were no geo, there were no stashes at the time (laughs) nearby where we were. Right. He was was living in Bellevue. Elias and I were in, in the Seattle area and, he ended up on sort of logging roads. He was driving an old, like a Saturn, at the time. Okay. Not not a, a car that's really good for logging roads. <laughs> right. Ended up in clear cut. Got attacked by bugs. Didn't bring enough water or bug spray. But he said when he found the card box, he was like, "Oh, this is a secret. You know, this is a game. It's that right. Eureka moment." Right. And on his way back to Seattle and, and Bellevue, he was thinking about different ways to make it easier to play. Mm-hmm. So at the time, it was Mike Teague's website. It was basic HTML. You would you would scroll through all of the stash listings and say, is there one of these near me? You need to look at the coordinates or whatever. Right. So he had the idea for a database-driven, zip code-based searching, um, enable people to be better prepared. So he came back to the office and he told Elias and I about that and I don't remember how Elias reacted, but I was, I'm sure I was like, you know, cool. Like knock yourself out. I, (laughs) I, you know, I, I sort of got it, but I didn't really get it. Yeah. And he built the first version of the website, launched it in early September of 2000 when Mike Teague's website went down. And within like two weeks, it got picked up by Slashdot. And then I want to say it was like early October he approached Elias and I, and he approached Elias first. And he said, look, here's this hobby. It's outdoor recreation. There's no money in it, but we all like technology and outdoor recreation. What do you say? Like, I need some help. And Elias said, yes. And the two of them approached me and basically said, you know, Jeremy's like, I can do the coding. Elias can do the technical stuff, but you do all the non-technical stuff between the three of us. We can start a small business. What do you think? And I said, knowing the guys and and liking them, even at that time, I said, honestly, I would love to work with you guys. Like, sure. Why not? A part time thing. It's a hobby. Sounds like fun. Right. So, (laughs) you know, I I filed the paperwork, the articles of incorporation and the bylaws with the secretary of state. Uh, November 3rd of 2000, we were officially incorporated as Grounded Inc. Grounded Inc. and and at the same time, the dot-com was crashing and burning with all the rest of them, and we were... The dot-com was trying to do a deal with a promotional marketing company. That promotional marketing company had clients like Starbucks and Xbox and and some other big companies. They were doing uh, promotional merchandise for those companies, but they didn't have good websites. Mm. So they said, oh, if we put this website retail technology together with our client programs, we could build out better client programs. So as as our com was crashing and burning, we the three of us all got hired by Sunrise Creative Group to go put together these deals and put together these promotional websites. And and when we that was our paying job while we worked nights and weekends on getting geocaching.com off the floor. Wow. That's, that's awesome. That's, that's the true early days. Those are the, Does, the earliest memories I have of of grounded ink, you know, yeah.
2: speak. So, and we need we need to talk about ground speak now because I I find this interesting. So, you found you found an artifact. I did. I did. You you got it with you tonight, and so show show the
1: show everybody the the artifact if you will. Hopefully, this comes through on the the webcam thing. Let's see. So that basically is the cocktail napkin where we came up with the name ground speak and also the tagline, the language of location. And the the quick story is we were grounded ink at the time and we were thinking that it didn't really tell the kind of story that we wanted to tell about who we are as a company. And we were sitting around at like a, the near one of our old offices, there was an all you can eat sushi place and it was kind of cheap and the sushi was okay, but it was all you could eat. (laughs) Right. uh, Which was a good deal. And so we, we went out for lunch one day and we were talking and we said, you know, we imagine a world where, there would be a an adventure at every location. And that's something that's still part of our our vision for the company. An right. adventure at every location. And we were saying like as if the ground, you know, at if each place could tell a story. Right. And it was, oh, if as if the ground could speak. And then yeah. it was, oh, ground speak, like that that could be a cool name. <laughs> and then it was, you know, ground speak was almost like its own language, the language of location. So that's where we came up with those two things. I wish I, I had a date on that cocktail napkin, you know, oh, no. like, like with anything, you know, at the time we didn't realize that it would mean anything. Right. Uh, but of course to us, you know, to have that cocktail napkin means a lot to me now to see it. There's a little bit of soy sauce on it. So I wish I had kept hey, it a little more clean, And That's but okay, it's though. It's a, it's as authentic as it gets.
2: <laughs> and you, you kept it and. You and you still got it framed. I so that's still got really it. cool.
3: It's
1: framed, so, yeah. and now it's here near my desk. And that's if awesome. Wants to check it out. That's pretty but, cool. Yeah, it's pretty cool.
2: Yeah, Jesse. I was thinking the exact same thing you were. So, y'all had some. You sold some shirts. Yes. To make some money, there was. It says that there was 144 shirts that were sold.
1: That's correct. So, does at- anybody have any of those shirts? We do. We oh, do. Cool. Um, it, you know, it's the original shirt that had not just the four box logo, but it was like 20 something boxes. Oh, okay. Uh, multicolor. Um, I only have one of the original ones because I don't know, 10 years ago, Jeremy found a few of them and he's Dude, like, Hey, cool. do you think you might want one of these? And I was like, you <laughs> yeah, bet I won't. You bet I do. So I've, I've got one of those old ones. And, and basically what it was, was we were working at Sunrise Creative Group. Yep. They did in-house for their promo programs, in-house screen printing and embroidery. So Jeremy had spoken with Mitch Munger, who's the president of Sunrise, and said, you know, we want to do a little retail site. They were already doing these programs for all these other companies. Hey, what if we do one for for geocaching? And mm. we'll see if we can generate some revenue to help pay for the servers and some of the costs that we were already beginning to incur because we didn't have any other revenue yeah so sunrise actually donated the first gross of shirts the first 144 shirts we've got some old pictures somewhere of (laughs) jeremy and elias standing in front of the screen printing machine holding up the screen holding up one of the first shirts right um but then we put that on you know the it was it was called shop ground speak at the time. Now it's shop geocaching. But True. uh that was the first revenue that we ever generated awesome. was, was the sale of those shirts. Wow.
2: And something I didn't real something I didn't realize until yesterday. This is bad. This is tells you how how, how out of it I am sometimes. But I was like ground speak because I was I've been familiar like look like we were talking before, I've been geocaching since six and um I've had people go, "Oh, you know, uh, you know, when did when did Groundspeak go away?" And it's like, "Well, I don't think it's technically gone away. It's just that then, you know, geocaching.com is where, you know, the that's where the, the website is, so that's what they're focusing on." And then I put on the shirt tonight and I noticed that in the corner, if I can do this, there's the Groundspeak logo mm-hmm. on the ge- in the geocaching um, in the in the official geocaching logo, you kept the ground speak up in the top left, and I don't know why. I just never realized, didn't realize it was there. So I, you know, like I said, it was kind of cool. You kept it.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I think so too. You know, we I think we look back pretty fondly on all of the steps that it took to got to to get mm-hmm. to where we are today, and ideally, we look back on these steps someday in the, in the same way. But it was just a way of kind of. Celebrating where where this game has come from, where the companies come from, um, you know, it's certainly not a coincidence that that is part of the geocaching. Right? Show. No, no, but right. it's awesome. Uh, it's sort of tucked in there really nicely. I like that. Um, yeah, and so, I, I think I mentioned to you just before mm-hmm. we we went on air uh, for those folks who come to visit us at headquarters in Seattle, the visitor center. The entire floor of the visitor center is. It was originally concrete, and we put like a uh, a coating o- over the concrete, and the right. finish is the ground speak guy. So it's that same guy, um, basically on on the uh, on the floor of the visitor center. <laughs> That's so cool. Um, all right,
2: so Jessica, I'm going to move on. Do you have a? Did you want to? Oh wait, wait, wait a minute. What's going right. on now? Oh, what's look, what's going here? on here? Look at <laughs> it's our man at the cash. Zach, Sodak, Zach, what you doing, buddy?
0: Not much. I saw you taking your shirt off, so I had to jump on. Okay, yeah. (laughs) Before I I took it
2: off, yeah, we don't want that.
0: We don't want that to happen.
3: We're trying to keep that family-friendly show. Let's keep the explicit rating out
2: of the show. That's right. So, how are you doing? Oh, I'm
0: doing well. I just had to log on quickly and say hi to Brian.
1: Hey Zach, good to see you again.
0: Yeah, good to see you too. Uh, for those that don't know, I got to meet him out at uh, GigaStock this last year. That was that was great meeting him, and it's you. You saw me, and we were drinking that night, and I'm drinking again tonight. All right, we're playing the, the geocache talk drinking
2: game in the comments.
0: There you go, yeah, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. what do I
1: have to say in order for you guys to, to have another uh, swig <laughs> of that? Uh, cord light? So what you have to
2: say is that whatever that whatever topic that that has been brought up is really for another show it's for another and that's the that's when everybody drinks that's our little drinking game as people go oh because i invariably either i will most typically it's me but jesse will do it too so don't 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 say you don't jesse but (laughs) i will say oh you know multi-caches that's for that's actually for another show and then people will that's their cue so all right, there you go. See, there you go. Yeah, so.
0: except except uh tonight is kind of a uh, you can you don't have to say anything for another show cuz you got the head guy here. I know, so I got we right. So,
1: the head well, honcho. I'm I'm just drinking water at the moment, but but right behind, <laughs> behind the screen, I actually have a little uh a little shelf that's filled with a few different types of alcohol. There you go. <laughs> wow, how about that? Um, yeah, j- just in case of emergency. <laughs>
2: yeah. <laughs> but- <laughs> So give us give us an update, Zach. On uh, I saw something that came out uh, yesterday and huge th- project. A huge project you finally completed. So tell everybody about your little project you did that was really well not, not little. I shouldn't say little. It's a huge project. I saw yeah. that too, Zach. It's pretty awesome.
0: Yeah, Great. thanks. Uh, yeah, I've been I've been working on it. Few people on the show know I've been working on it for uh, probably almost two years now, uh, and part of it is just I didn't anticipate obviously getting engaged and other things in life coming up life's gotten busy this last year but uh i finally got uh fix fizzy my last name is fix zach fix for those Mm. of you that didn't know so fix fizzy it's an 81 dt grid of all puzzle caches over in sioux Falls, south dakota just southwest of town there so if you look on your maps you can uh you can check out uh I hit 81 puzzles. They're all a different DT. So I challenge anyone listening to come solve them all, come here and try to get it done in a weekend, if not an entire day.
2: Cool. <laughs> I like so, it. So if they do finish it, do you want them to email you or something? Oh, or... A- absolutely. Yeah. Okay. I'm actually,
0: I'm working on how I can get a, cause I can't publish a challenge specifically for that, mm-hmm. but I want to have like a, like an unknown fizzy, challenge that i just uh i update with a leaderboard of like the fastest people to finish it mm-hmm. so it's it's like it's not a requirement but it's something right. that's celebrated on the cash page sure uh so that way you know, hey zach i
3: have an idea for that for you already yeah yeah uh we'll talk about it afterwards but tying in the ar cash to it you can do a leaderboard to that i know okay. exactly how you can do it so we'll talk Sweet. about that
0: offline. let's yeah let's do it and uh who knows maybe I'm just coming up with this on the spot, but maybe I'll have a a little traveling trophy for whoever holds the fastest time on it that they can verify <laughs>
3: <There you laughs> all go. fun stuff.
0: That'd be that's, fun to make actually. That's
2: awesome. Well, good buddy. I'm so glad that you got that finally done. And uh, yeah,
0: it's, it's felt like a, a marathon, which I also just ran. Did. That's right. Yeah. Just <laughs> ran
2: a mar- you literally ran a marathon. Not yeah, there's figuratively.
0: My, there's my finishing bib. And actually I got, I got, that checked off of my bucket, bucket list, list. There you yeah go. i got my uh bucket list with a bunch of little uh pieces of paper here that i wrote years ago and it's actually a bucket mm-hmm. of bucket list items
2: you definitely you literally have it and you, you yeah you finished the race <laughs> and it, a literal marathon that's awesome yeah yep. we were keeping I, track of that so it was awesome
0: yeah it didn't didn't go as fast as i had planned i had a it band issue at mile 12 so i ended up quickly switching to just finish my first marathon but uh uh and he's in the chat room so i got to give a shout out to the geocaching vlogger because i do believe he still holds the record for the fastest marathon run while also finding a geocache during that's
2: right <laughs> he did he found a geocache at the same time crazy
0: so i lost to his time by i think like 11 minutes or 9 minutes or something. So. Oh, wow, you were close. All but right. I'm coming for you, Josh.
2: Good job, man, really. <laughs> that, oh, that is it's crazy. A, it's all the MOGA people. That's awesome. So, Oh, yeah. All right. Well, good, buddy. Thanks for popping on and giving us an update. And yeah. um, we'll definitely um, let people know what we did tonight. And uh, definitely, if you, if you finish yeah. the Fizzy Grid, definitely email the owner and let him <laughs> yep. know that you completed it. And give them an update on. Uh, have you got anybody you think in the running? Is somebody? Are you starting to see some some completions? Yeah, some.
0: To, I'd have to check the guy, the people in town. the The cool thing was is like a year, well, seven hundred and five days ago. A uh, few of us. Well, I started my streak, and a few of us have been streaking, and we keep encouraging all the locals to streak. Oh. So that's kept. We have oh. seven Geocaching or eight streak people. Okay. Yeah. Oh yeah, geocaching streak. My bad. Yeah, gotta not gotta, gotta word to it. Yeah,
2: here. yeah, I'm not yeah. yeah. No sure it wasn't coming <laughs> off, but yeah.
0: But uh yeah, the, the geocaching streak and so I think pretty much all the active cachers in the area here are on a streak and so they like we've had a few geo arts go live recently and it's funny because they like keep them so that they have a few that they can go get each day get one a day yeah (laughs) right so i'd have to check to see if anyone's finished the whole thing i know there's some that are really close close okay good i don't believe anyone's done all 81 yet but i'd have to verify that but uh yeah no I'm, i'm pretty excited about that and hopefully this week i can get uh i'll talk to you memphis but hopefully get a cash out there that uh, can kind of track can kind it. of keep track yeah keep track of that's who cool did it the quickest and who has completed it all so cool uh, but yeah thanks for having me on and yep. brian it was good to see you again i'll just hop in back in the chat room and uh listen to what you guys got to talk about the rest of the show
1: good seeing you zach thanks yeah, zach. that's on your engage- engagement again
0: yeah thank you oh and by the way since he's here thank you for uh, uh geocaching hq made me a geocaching influencer for social media I got the.
1: You got, got one.
0: Nice little little uh, forest tag here that go. I'm going to be taking a lot of pictures with now that I, I don't have to hide caches anymore. I can right go out and find That's them. A, <laughs> take, take a <laughs> break. Go out in the Woods again. Yep. Yeah. Right. Awesome. <laughs> so I'll be I'll be doing that. Check out the social media, and I uh, should be getting back in the YouTube game here this week, and uh, get a few updates there, and get back on track. So. Yeah.
1: Sounds great. Very cool.
2: Thanks, there Zach. Appreciate it. Bye.
0: Bye.
3: So Brian, with hearing things like that, you know, a a whole fizzy done by one part, you know, put out by one person and people finding uh, geocaches in the middle of a marathon and things like that, that leads us to that, you know, that first question that we obviously had to ask you is, you know, how different is geocaching and what, what you might have imagined it could have gotten to.
1: I mean, it's in, in the early days, it was basically go find a box, you know, use coordinates to go find a box, like not just use the coordinates, but like painstakingly type them in with like a little toggle button into your GPS. And now when, when you look at the things that this community has done, it's staggering. You know, it's a, it's an ecosystem. It's a global ecosystem where you've got, podcast podcasters and and vloggers and you know famous cash hiders and you know trackable designers and coin collectors and you know it's it's something that it's transcend it's transformed itself in so many ways and become so multifaceted that I don't think that there's anybody back at that time who could have predicted one-tenth of what we're seeing today but what's really cool is like we know that this doesn't just come from us. This really just comes from the community. You know, what you guys are doing. It's not like somebody from HQ called up and said, Hey, we really love for you guys to do a podcast. Like Mm -hmm. you guys came up with the idea. And if you look at what Sonny and Sandy are doing or or Joshua Johnson, or, you know, the folks that are organizing these giga events, like this is a, this is the community serving the community. Mm -hmm. And when you get, millions of people around the world and you can tap into the creativity that they have, well then you get something that's that, you know, defies all boundaries and you start to see just cool things after, after cool things, you know, to see what, what Zach just did with his, with his fizzy grid, mm-hmm. um, you know who who thought of that five years ago? <laughs> right. I, I don't know. You know, maybe somebody thought about it, but nobody actually thought about it and executed on that idea. And so, right. by him and and with whatever help he he had, going out and creating that experience, mm-hmm. how many people are going to benefit? How many people are going to go out and have adventures and get that sense of you know discovery and exploration and puzzle solving and and just you know that that act of creating that experience will affect people's lives in a positive way it's going to give people something fun to do and when you magnify that and you look at it as hey that's one act but there's thousands of these things taking place all the time yes well then this this ecosystem is so powerful you know back in the day no clue We, we did not know. And it's been, it's been really fun to watch. You know, I'm, I'm delighted more often than not, you know, it feels like turn the corner every, every new day you hear about something else new and to see the community pushing the boundaries globally is just so exciting. It's so Mm -hmm. cool. And like, I know for, for all of us here at headquarters, we just feel fortunate to be a part of it. You know, we, we don't claim credit for all of this, nor should we, you know, this game belongs to all of us and we feel like we get to play a a certain role in it. Just like you guys get to play a role, just like Joshua does or Chris Mackey does or some of Mm -hmm. these other folks. And, and together we've all built this. So, you know, in 2006, you Gary, when you started, like, mm. did you think you were gonna see this? No way. No. <laughs> <Nobody> <laughs> Not a chance. This was coming. And and the cool thing is we all benefit from it. We're all getting to enjoy it. You know, the I, I mentioned to you guys earlier that uh me, Heidi, and my younger son Nick took one of his friends this morning and we went out, we hiked through the Snoqualmie Tunnel, the tunnel of light approach, and we went to the Ape Cache. And the Ape Cache is is moved about I don't know, 10 feet from where it was when we relaunched it, you know, two, well, one year ago in August, but it was, uh, but it was just cool to stand there and you see the view with the, uh, those, the guy wires with the big orange balls that we've seen in the souvenir and, and in Mm -hmm. hundreds of pictures and to stand there and know that it's like, wow, this place, um, has some extra meaning because of geocaching. It's just really cool.
3: Has there been so over the years, and of course, you never could have predicted any of that, right? But has there been any one thing that you heard about that the community had done or anything like that that just was the most surprising to you? I mean, I know there's so many things for you to they're on all seven continents, and you know, people tattoo game pieces on their body, and there's that <laughs> of all the things that are out there. I mean, is was there one that you were just like, yeah, I didn't I see that? Yeah,
1: I can't believe it. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I guess offhand, it's hard to say. Because there really have been quite a few things where where it's just like, man, that's amazing! Like, oh, there's a there's a travel bug in, in at the space station. Like, you got to be kidding me! Right. That's, that's an example of that's something that it's, that it's like really, you know, Richard Garriott, <laughs> you know, uh, Lord British is taking this up in a rocket and and there's a <laughs> at the space station. That that was pretty staggering just to hear about it. Right. For me, I think that the some of the coolest things that I hear about are like the impact stories. Like when you hear about individuals whose lives have been profoundly changed because of this game, Mm -hmm. you know, for me personally, sure. I met my wife and my adopted son, Dylan Mm -hmm. at a geocaching event in 2001. Aside from my role in this company, the fact that my family be, I I met my family as a result of this game. So for me, it's had a profound effect on my life, but (laughs) We've done, we we do this thing. Uh, we have a monthly company meeting at headquarters, and we always start off with the mission. And and we say, you know, our mission is to inspire and enable discovery, exploration, and adventure. And that's what we want to achieve. Um, one of the other aspects of the of the company meeting is we'll do community stories. And it's the community engagement team from time to time <clears throat> will hear a story about either it's a really cool cache or more often than than not. It's about how somebody's life was, was affected by the game. And there's, you know, single dads who have reestablished a relationship with their teenage daughter because now they have something to do together and they weren't able to connect because having a teenage daughter kind of does that to you. I would imagine. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've, I have two boys, so I, I don't really know for sure. But, <laughs> I have one of those. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. So there you go. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> but you know, we, we heard a story, um, it was over a year ago, and, and I'm not going to get the facts 100% correct, but you'll, mm-hmm. you'll get the gist of it. Right. But it was a, a dad who wrote to us, and I want to say he was in Sweden. And he was saying that he has a severely autistic child who is nonverbal, mm-hmm. um, and that child could not leave the house. And so as a family, if they would take the child out, the child would just panic. And they, they became a family that was essentially trapped in their house. And he said that they introduced the game as this concept of treasure hunting. And the child understood it enough so that if, if they said, hey, we're going to go treasure hunting, the child would sit in the car and it was it was they were able to leave and they were able to go out and have these experiences as a family and he wrote to us to tell us like this is what this game has done for my family it's changed all of our lives and wow. i got to tell you that there were there were very few if any dry eyes in the entire room at this company meeting knowing that hey we we again play a part in this overall community but to know that some of the stuff that we're doing helps to enable stories like that there's mm-hmm. there's no better form of success than to do things like that and when you when you see like that's one story and there are many of those stories out there people who who will come up to me at an event and they'll say you know I I wasn't leaving my house because I was terribly overweight and I couldn't walk, you know, 25 feet without having to sit down. And now I've lost 140 pounds and I'm walking three miles a day. And this, this game has freed me from the bondage of my own sort of physical challenge. It's, That's something that for everybody that hides a cache, for every volunteer that's helping to translate the website or publish caches, or for you guys, you know, spreading the word and helping to tell people about the nuances and and sort of the beauty of this game, like all of us are responsible for helping to change these people's lives. And so, look, this is what we get to do. My goodness, (laughs) we're all so fortunate just to be a part of it.
3: That's awesome. when you were telling those stories, there was people in the chat rooms kind of telling their own similar story too. And there's so many of those just flying through there that how it's impacted their life. And that's, that's pretty amazing. It almost made me forget that somebody mentioned that you also created a Scrabble word. So that's true. <laughs> became a Scrabble it's, word. it's a Scrabble that was word. Like the coolest thing when it showed up and then people started telling their stories. And I totally forgot all about that because that's right. We're I... sharing at the same time, that's, that's crazy. <laughs> scrap right, the scrap
1: thing i remember it was uh Heidi and i used to go to this coffee shop every morning um before work and and I, I i walked to and from work most days uh we would go to coffee with our younger son and dog and then she would go home he would go to school and i would i would walk into the office but this this guy at the coffee shop he doesn't really speak much. And I've, you know, we saw him there all the time. He just sort of kept to himself. One day he said to me, he's like, Hey, you're the, you're, you're the geocache guy. Right. And I was like, kind of like, I'm not sure what that means, but sure. And he's like, look, and, and here he is, you know, when he's sitting at this little table, he's doing the New York times crossword puzzle every day. And so he said, look, it's, it's geocaching is in the New York times crossword. Oh, puzzle. Wow. And I was like, Oh, you know, apparently we've, <laughs> we've arrived in some form. That's like right. Scrabble word, crossword puzzle. Puzzles. That's awesome. It, it's interesting because in the early days, and one of the things that's changed the most, honestly, is in the early days when, when people would say, oh, you know, what do you do? And I'm like, well, have you ever heard of geocaching? They're uh, like, "Nope." Geo what? Like, <laughs> geochaching? Like, I, no, I haven't. Um, that's changed. So now it's like, oh yeah, my brother-in-law does that, or mm-hmm. I've tried it, or I did it a couple times, or or yeah, I'm actually into geocaching. So it's it's been nice seeing um, seeing this game take a, a kind of a bigger place in in people's mind share, or at least in, at least in their sort of degree of awareness. Yeah, yep.
3: I think it's a it's a major part of people's lives, and even in good times and in bad, but. I mean, people literally plan their yearly vacations and they do, you know, it's, it's a part of family life for a a lot of people, you know, my family included, but it really Mm -hmm. is. It's, it's, and it's funny that people, I I always forget now when people haven't heard about geocaching, I'm more shocked about that now than, you know, than, you know, than the other way around. So it's, it's so mainstream now it's. It's just kind of part of everyday life,
2: right? I mean, Geo Paul told a story um, this week where uh, he's he's in London, and uh, there was a woman there who she had injured herself, and he was helping her. I think we're at the airport, and he was trying to he was helping her kind of get get going and um, get uh, onto a plane and. He goes, oh well, you how'd you you know hurt your ankle or whatever? And she was like, oh, you're not gonna believe this. I was doing this game. I know you're not familiar with it. It's called geocaching. And Geo Paul is like, <laughs> you know, he he vlogs every week. You know, he's and he, he was like, you got to be kidding me. He's like, of course I know about geocaching. So you get this, you get the opposite sometimes where you get somebody who. You know, runs across. Oh, yeah,
3: and it's so, instant friends. You meet a stranger, yes. and he comes up as instant friends, no matter where they are. So it's great.
1: That's that's a really good point. You know, mm-hmm. and and you guys know it as well as I do. Like, it doesn't matter who you are. If you're a geocacher and and you're traveling somewhere in the world, you know, go post in their Facebook group or or go oh, yeah. go post in the forums mm-hmm. and say, hey, I'm going to be in this city in turkey or you know Mm -hmm. wherever it is and people will be like have an event we'll have an event for you come out we'd love to meet you come cashing with us or you can stay at my home and you you have instant friends all over the world just by virtue of being part of this community and i was saying this to you a a little bit earlier gary but the at, at a time when there are so many things that divide people from one another whether it's religion or politics Mm -hmm. or economics, you name it. Geocaching is one of those things that really brings people together. Like everybody is welcome. And that's, that's as it should be. You know, I I said to you earlier, I don't, I don't Mm -hmm. think I've actually said it before, but it's like put a, put a bunch of geocachers from all over the world in a room together and we could solve some serious problems because we know how to get along. We know how to work together and especially work together for the benefit of each other. Um, that's that's one of the beautiful aspects of of the whole game.
2: Oh, oh my
1: gosh! Yes, it's, it's, you're
2: absolutely right, Brian. Um, okay, we got lots of questions. Let me get to. A, 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 <laughs> we're gonna oh, make it, we're, oh, yeah. we, we can't go for three hours tonight. So, um, <laughs> I, I got to know a little bit. You give give us a little bit of the whole how the whole Project Ape thing came about. The whole, I mean, um, and people can go read if they're not familiar with Project Ape. Um, they can go do the reading on it, but just how you were approached to put these caches out. And it's like, what, what do we, you know, how did that all come about that you, that you remember?
1: Sure. Um, (laughs) the truth is I don't remember a lot of the details, (laughs) especially on that one. And, and I would say uh, a lot of the credit for that overall promotion really goes to Jeremy. Okay. 20th Century Fox, Fox reached out to us and they mm. said, hey, we've got this Planet of the Apes movie coming out. We'd love to do some sort of promotion. Uh, we see that you guys have this, this cool game that most people in the world really don't know about. <laughs> right. But what do you think we could possibly do together? Wow! And I want to say that it was Jeremy who came up with the idea of hiding you know a dozen caches in different Mm. cities around the world and fox had the idea of creating the storyline of all you know alternative primate evolution which was the backstory and then jeremy really built i'm sure with elias's assistance although i don't really know the technical details but he built the functionality that would allow us to you know, say to the community, hey, the first one is in this hemisphere. And then, you know, later on in the week, we would say it's on this continent and then it's in this country and city. We'd narrow it down and then say, here's the coordinates, you know, yeah. on a Friday night or whatever. <laughs> um, and then people went out and started finding them. I think that there's one, if I'm not mistaken, like the the one in Japan, had yeah. never been found something like that. Um, but it was Crazy. really so much of that came from jeremy's just creativity right um, and then I know uh, uh- Markwell helped to hide one in Chicago and mountain bike and and Jeremy hid the one out here in mm-hmm. uh near Hayek at the you know the yeah. tunnel of tunnel light, light mission mm-hmm. whatever it is yeah. yeah
0: um
1: and then brazil oh, and what? brazil hey, and I- as they started getting sort of stolen, unfortunately, Jeremy made the call and he said, look, if the original cash container is gone, yep. we're archiving it and, right. and they're done. And I think that in hindsight, that was that was just the decision. We probably mm-hmm. could have made any other decision and, and this might have turned out differently. But that decision sort of led to us having at least a couple of years ago, one left in Brazil mm-hmm. and quite a few people booking their tickets to go to brazil oh yeah i'd I'd love to go myself personally someday i I aspire to go there Mm -hmm. and the uh there are some folks in brazil who are pseudo famous because they're the guides that lead geocachers when they go right and those guides were in seattle uh maybe within the last year maybe a little bit longer than that and they they came to Seattle and I got to meet them and they said, All right, when are you coming to Brazil? And I said, <laughs> Well, as, as soon as I can swing it, which yeah. I'm not sure how soon that's gonna be.
2: Yeah. Just crazy how you got down to really you did. You get down to one. And then of course the whole there's the whole story about how the the other one. Was found and and all that. We don't have time tonight to talk about that, but just the fact that now we're save back it, for for, save it for
1: another show. Save
2: for another show, yeah. <laughs> that's for another show. So I'll get your <laughs> take a drink. Uh, but um, you know we're back to two. But yeah, just it, great stories. We had Chris on. I had I had Chris on even before for Jesse was co-host. I had him on like early, like show six, and we went through the whole story about how he went out there and um, did the whole the, the whole how he got out there and eventually got out and found it and all that. So it's a cool story, but anyway, so yeah, that's a lot of amazing things, but 2001, you know, the whole project ape thing is, is kind of fascinating. So, all right, go ahead, Jesse.
3: But you know, if, you know, if that decision wasn't made and they were all kept around, it wouldn't be mm-hmm. special. Now right. people wouldn't be flying to Brazil to go get them. If they were still all over the place, you know, it's, yeah. those are the decisions that make those things more rare and, and more special.
1: You know something I think it, had the decision be, been made differently, what we would probably see just knowing the geocachers as we know them now mm-hmm. is people would be trying to get all twelve of them right or it would know, oh, yeah. they, they, they would be it would be who's done it and who hasn't done it yet <laughs> right that's true, that's true that's true
3: all right geocachers are that. Insane and intense about things. If there's a list, they're going to complete the list.
1: <laughs> it's, it's such an interesting characteristic of certainly not all member members of the community, but some of them hmm. are just passionate or numbers-driven or completion-driven. You know, the Delorum challenges, mm-hmm. and you, we were talking mm-hmm. earlier about, you know, finding caches in different counties and filling out a county map of a state. And right. it's uh, different ways to have fun with this game. You know oh, and and people exactly. will people will say to me, like, "Oh, you know, do you like this or you don't like it?" and it's not for me to decide you know if if people want to play a certain way as long as it's not negatively affecting other people right. or sort of negative negatively affecting the systems that power the game, right. hey find find your fun the the way that you want to do it. Some people really love Absolutely. you know nanos in the forest. It's not my thing. If if you can put a big cash there, please, please put a big cash there.
0: (laughs)
3: All right. So there's so many questions that are going through the chat room. We're going to have to hit you with some of these. So, um, uh, is there anything that you've thought of that you'd like to see in the, in the future or?
1: Yes. Uh, certainly plenty of things. Um, I think one of the things that we would like to do as a company is we'd like to do some things to encourage more quality cash hiding. Um, whether that's uh, incentivizing quality cash hides, acknowledging them, sharing them. you know, I think the more that people can see some of the examples of some of the incredible caches that people have built, mm. the more likely it is that they'll say, Oh wow! I can do something like that. Or now I have an idea. Create the spark, because you know, as with any form of media, um, there's some crappy caches out there. There's oh, some sure. things that aren't the best experiences. <laughs> Look, that three, three point something million caches worldwide. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If we could, you know, check a crystal ball and say what's the worst caching experience out there <laughs> out of three right. million. None of us probably really want to do that. But if we were to do it the opposite direction and say, what are some of the best caching experiences? Some of those are are groundbreaking, Mm -hmm. game-changing, uber-creative. And those are the things that I think will drive this game forward to the next level. Uh, What I would like to see, um, one of the things that I'd like to see is ongoing adoption of new technology where it makes sense to do so. You know, right now, some of you know that we're doing some experimentation with AR caches. Mm -hmm. I think it's cool. You know, the geocaching itself, our site, um, is kind of a platform. It's a tool set. And, and, you know, we want to keep enhancing the tools and then put those... put those tools in the hands of people who will wield them to create something that's that's fun for everybody. Right. And over time, you know, in the early days it was a, a little yellow E Trex and, and there was no mapping or anything. You just saw the little guy with your with your breadcrumb, you know, track log. Um, but but things have changed drastically. Now we've got these <laughs> pocket computers that can do so many different things and Mm -hmm. we'd be foolish to think that this is you know hey we've reached the pinnacle of technology you know the the constant is change and we're going to see new technologies and and for us it's always a challenge of how can we not only adopt it but incorporate it into the system in a way that's going to unlock the creativity of geocachers who maybe haven't even joined the game yet or haven't placed their first cache yet, or, you know, so how can we make this game? How can we, how can we continue to enhance the tool set so that the creators out there can build more fun experiences to share with other people? That That's what I'd like to see is just more adoption of those things. Right.
3: So having said that, do you think AR caches in some form, whether it's, ground speak coming up with their own app or using a third party app. Do you think those are going to be kind of the future, at least a future portion of caches and stick around for a while or.
1: It, it certainly has the potential to be a, a future part of this game. I mean, why not? You look at um, AR in general mm-hmm. and ARs is a, is a technology that's being used by a number of different companies in a variety of different ways. But when we look at AR, we say, wow, the potential for AR when you couple it with something like geocaching is more adventure, more discovery, more exploration. Um, And again, put it in the hands of the creative people and let them build something cool. I think there's a lot of potential there. So for us right now, we're, we're trying to be... Uh, Pragmatic. We're also trying to say, hey, before we go build something, you know that that we think we should build, why don't we experiment? Let's see what the community wants to do. Let's see what's what's working and what's not working, and then we've got some decisions to make. Do we want to go build uh, an app? Do we want to create a cache type? I mean, cache types are we we, we very reluctantly create a new cache type because that you know that has a lot of implications um but i think all of those things are potential possibilities especially with a new technology like ar um so for right now you know we just extended the experiment a little mm-hmm. bit um we are measuring and we are watching and we are trying to learn and then at some point we'll we'll take that and and ideally we'll do something cool with it
3: cool so since you brought up cash types <laughs> yeah go
1: go for it <laughs> Since you brought up the topic um, of cache types.
3: Challenge caches will at one day rate their own cache type. I know they're still kind of in review, and they they cause reviewers a lot of headaches. Do you think that'll ever be a new cache type, or do you know that there
1: maybe is a new cache type on the horizon somewhere? Um, so the the truth is I don't know at this point whether it will be a new cache type. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's certainly a possibility, um, but I also, and and the community volunteer reviewers can correct me if I'm wrong but my understanding is with the changes that we've made to the system we've alleviated a lot of the burden that the reviewers formally had not to say that we've completely eliminated right. it mm-hmm. but I think we've addressed the the purpose of it was it, it was a burden and and a lot of the reviewers were saying hey this is just too hard to do it's too hard to know what's a good challenge what's not a good challenge the last thing we want to do is have them in a position where they have to say no, and have cashers feel like, "Oh, why'd you say no to them?" Like this one on the other side of the world got approved, and it's just like it. And mm-hmm. so, our job when it comes to those kind of things is to try to create a a standard that can be applied fairly um, and ideally as easily as possible for the reviewers, so that we're just. Setting expectations on both sides of the equation. If we can say to cash hiders, look, in order to do the challenge, in order to create a challenge, here's kind of the box that it needs to fit in. Um, it, it becomes an easier uh, and an easier task for the volunteers to review it and say yes or no. Um, so the 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 short answer is, I don't know if it's going to become a cash. I know that we are still monitoring it. I know that Chris was very heavily involved in that process, and he's a, an exceptional geocacher with, with really, really solid insights. And yep. the way that I look at it is that's not my decision to make. Um, as a company, we're going to work with the community. We're going to work with the community volunteers. And at some point, we might do it. At some point, we might not do it. I'm really not sure just yet.
2: Has there been any um, discussion now that the virtuals have kind of gone through the the year and and couple? What was the final? We never got a final total. We were doing a, we were doing a, uh, Brian, we were doing a virtual watch to see if uh, if the four thousand. We ended up with a couple thousand, I think. Jesse's that something we,
1: like that. We got. Yeah, I don't know the total.
3: We got yeah, close. it was. Uh... Way less than half, I mean it or, Well, not it was way less,
1: but around only, half, but around it wasn't,
3: half. Yeah, because 'cause I'd guessed three thousand it was way less than that, so
2: yeah we're right about two thousand, so yeah. um so how the how did geocaching dot com feel about Because, uh, like you said, there um from our perspective, I think Jesse and I feel like that there were a lot of good virtuals put out, there's also you're you, but in two thousand you're not gonna have. 2000 great ones you're going to have some some stinkers but what, what, what is the thought from geocache.com as far as how that process went
1: I think that you know the end result of getting another 1600 1800 virtuals right. into the world right. uh, was absolutely a, su- a success the reason that they went away was because it was just so subjective. People would say, you know, Hey, I hit a virtual, come check out the crosswalk in front of my house. Yeah. And a reviewer was like, I don't really want to publish this. You know, this isn't, <laughs> this isn't cool. Why are we going to have people go there? Yeah. And, and it was like, well, what are we supposed to do with this? And so we said, hey, we, we can't have every random location that people think is, is special to them going into the data set and becoming a virtual. It it degrades the overall experience. Yeah. So our goal with the virtual rewards process was to try and identify cash hiders who take the craft seriously and who have created something great uh we went with an algorithm that in hindsight was not perfect we know that pretty well we've heard from a lot of people and i think what we ended up with was some cash hiders who absolutely you know deserve to get a virtual reward and and have gone out and created something great we've we selected some people through this algorithm and we we ran the algorithm and it and it basically gave us the, the user names or the account numbers. (laughs) And we said, okay, we're not going to mess with it. So it means that Brian doesn't go in and, and get to say, Oh, but what about this guy? He's not on the list. Like Adam We said, all right, we're going to purely take this algorithm. I think we got some false positives and false negatives. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so, you know, I met a a geocacher uh, about a month ago, just outside of Frankfurt. His name is, uh, staubfinger and he's pretty famous out there in Mm. germany and he's done this series of caches based on dexter the tv show oh nice my goodness these things are so creative and they've Mm. got tons of favorite points and there's a waiting list of people for months and months to go do the do these caches he did not get selected for a virtual reward right so when when we look at cases like that it's there's plenty of them people who are who would have done a fantastic job that just didn't get selected and it's sure. like all right well that's that's certainly a downside and then we had people who got selected, and people would be like, "Oh great, you know they placed this these few caches, but they haven't been to the website in nine months <laughs> right. and we' are like, all <laughs> right, well, oh
2: well, <laughs> so, I missed it.
1: you know at the end of the day it was I think it was a win for the community because right. there's more virtuals out there. Um, we could have, the algorithm algorithm probably could have been better. And, you know, personally, I would like to see us do something like that again in the future. Mm -hmm. And if we do, we're gonna, we'll, we'll look at it a little bit differently and and find another approach. And Mm -hmm. ideally we have even better success than we did with this one.
3: So so with virtuals and I've always heard that same thing. And obviously that, Mm -hmm. that confirms that, that, rumor or whatever is true is that people were just putting them in locations that were no good and that's kind of why they went away. A lot of but, them of course uh,
2: uh, didn't get like you were saying, that they, they were they went to the wrong person, but yet they didn't put one out. So, no, not the new ones. I mean the old oh, ones. The old the ones. Part, okay. but, yeah. Oh the old ones. Okay. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. The yeah, yeah. Well that's kind of and we don't have time to get into tonight, but I mean and that kind of went way marking. I mean some people love waymarking, but I mean
3: That's for another show.
2: That's for I, another I love, that's for I love another show. Marking waymarking is cool in fact we're going to try to do a waymarking show but waymarking i guess and you could you know tell us if this is correct or not but waymarking sort of needed to come about to the way it came about because of what it what it was becoming and so maybe waymarking worked out the way it should have maybe worked out
3: so, like virtuals, what about uh, webcams? I've never really heard a reason why those mm-hmm. kind of went away. Uh, and we do kind of a webcam watch; it's one of the things we do on here, and down to like 109 active in the U.S. now, whatever. So they're shrinking. So that's it's something for us eventually, to watch. Obviously. Yeah,
2: eventually, be might go to nothing. Uh, so
3: what uh, what was kind of the the reasoning behind those? And is it, of course, the speculation is that you know the virtual kind of caches that don't lead to a final don't really fit in with the philosophy of, of geocaching. Is that somewhere close to...
1: Um, I don't really know. I, okay. I, I'm, I'm not exactly <laughs> sure why, why webcams were changed. Um, I, I know that... What was it with webcams? It, it, when we move them to the waymarking site... It just felt like, all right, it's it's almost like a category of locations, but mm-hmm. was it really a cache? I mean, uh, virtuals aren't really a cache either, but it was like right. a virtual type. Um, we have talked about doing something like virtual rewards with webcams. Mm-hmm. That'd be um, great. It, I, I think it would be great too. Uh, at the same time, I don't know that we're actually going to do it. It's uh, it, you know, it's not like I'm. I could say I I want this to happen, so please make it happen. We have a lot of really smart people here who right. are going to look at the community and look at what's happening and look at the website and say, does this make sense for us to do? Right. Um, I'd, I'd like to see it. I've I've enjoyed the webcams that I've done. And it's back in the early days when when we didn't have the smartphones to do them, it was phone a friend and be like, Mm -hmm. go to this URL and (laughs) just take a picture and email it to me. And it wasn't this instant gratification that we can get now with webcams. But I'm actually one of the administrators of the webcam group on Waymarking. So Uh I'm I'm passionate about it. I'm, I'm an administrator of the webcam group. Of the independent coffee shops group, public and private golf courses, cool uh, the painted fire hydrants, and a couple of others. I, I've always just found those things to be fascinating. <laughs> right
3: to uh, to keep webcams high quality. Did you ever think about like tying them to geotours, maybe?
1: No, I, I, in other words, no. I had not thought about that. But, <laughs> just <laughs> but, thinking,
3: that, you know, they don't go the way of the virtuals. I mean, that's you. It seems like it could be a disaster if you just opened webcams up to everybody, right? There'd be, "Hey, this is in my backyard. Come get it!"
1: <laughs> right? Yeah, and, and now everybody's got a webcam. <laughs> I, I, I think you're right, and it's the same the doorbell. Like, yeah, <laughs> you know. they
2: ring. You'd have
1: a. Ring the door. door. Right. Nine hey, o'clock. Do, I get, do I get credit for this cash? Come on, F- FTF oh. on the front porch. Right. Um, <laughs> Well, it's um, it, it's like virtuals. We know that we can't just open up virtuals again oh, because because we'd have the same problems that we've had mm-hmm. in the past. Uh, same thing with webcams. Um, but I think that you know, there's a possibility for us to find ways to identify good, cash hiders or or hiders that that at least understand what we're looking for and go out and and something about the scarcity also you know if you know that you can just do one are you really gonna put it at the tree in front of your house or the crosswalk well if you are hopefully it's a really special tree uh, but otherwise go go pick go pick a location that that people should really go to and if we do it that way, I I think, you know, there's no guarantees with anything, but it's an odds game. If we can increase the odds that these are going to be more special, right. well, then that's that's part of what I think we should be doing as a company. Um, and it's ultimately better for the community if we if we do it. Yep.
0: Very
3: cool. You want to hit that one, Gary? That you're, yeah. I know you're talk, dying to talk about.
2: Yeah, we're going to talk about that—the one I'm highlighting right now in the show notes. Well, yeah. and, <laughs> well, let me and let's let's reset for a moment. Is there anything, Jesse, that you want to? Are we okay for questions uh, at this point? Or you want me to keep going? I guess
3: you can... uh, there's tons of questions, but I think we're hitting the most, and I know we want to ask about the one you're wanting to ask about. So, uh, yeah. anything else that's. Uh, you know, we talked about the future kind of a little bit and the big surprises along the way. Is there anything else that just stands out uh, as what you see developing? You know, like we talked about where I goes kind of behind because everybody knows I'd have to ask you about where I goes, right? Because sure, sure.
1: Which <laughs> I don't know. I, he did before I, I the show. Started. Yeah, we
3: talked about that before the show, but um, you said good news to me. So where it goes are not going away.
1: Yeah, we have no plans to, to take where it goes away. Um, specifically with respect to those when we launched them uh, we were really ambitious and we tried to build a platform that would allow for really complex multi-stage gaming um, Mm -hmm. in a way that was i think maybe ahead of its time or maybe too complicated for most people but Mm -hmm. we tried to build in non-player characters and items and inventory and locations and triggers and zones of influence and In doing so, we made it so complicated that you really had to know how to code in order to create one of these experiences. And we realized pretty soon after that, that in order to really make it more accessible and take the platform where, where it needed to go, we would have to stop paying attention to geocaching. We just didn't have the resources to do both. And we felt like our mandate was really to support the global geocaching community. Mm-hmm. And so while we didn't shut it down, we allowed it to continue and the community has kind of picked up the baton and and created other builders and other players mm-hmm. and, and things like that. And um, people are still creating really cool experiences one of the things that we have done, and this kind of ties into the question, I think, a little bit, is we built the LabCache program, mm-hmm. which is really a where I go light. You know, it's, right now, it's some locations, some multimedia, very limited triggers with the question and answer. Um, but the builder is relatively easy to use. it's a you know it's a builder platform that's a website and you go in and you can identify the coordinates, attach the media, say you know do you want the video to play before or after the person answers the question things like that. Um, we've given that to mega event and Giga event organizers and we've said this is a way to solve the problem of you've got a few thousand people coming to your neck of the woods and you're having a big event. And if you're going to go out and place a series of caches, well now you've got this ongoing maintenance and you've got to find good locations for them. And those caches have to be durable and things like that. We had gone to fumble after dark in Sweden. And in the early days of fumble after dark, they would create these caches just for the night and some of them were electronic and puzzles and many of these things couldn't stay out in the woods for more mm-hmm. than a night. And so we said, well, how can we, and it was a super cool experience. We said, how can we allow them, enable them mm-hmm. to create these really cool experiences, but not require a three month placement or permission from a landowner for an extended period of time, or or to have to have somebody sitting and monitoring the cash to make sure that the the people who are playing get the right kind of experience. So we came up with the lab cache program and I think right now we've got megas and giggers are using lab caches. Mm-hmm. We have some external experiences so we've we've worked with the um Uh, antietam uh, battlefield has a a lab cache series where you can learn about the battlefield through video and text Mm. we think that's a really cool application for for lab caches there's one at the museum of flight there was one at the arnold arboretum at harvard university that's no longer there that was a multi-stage botany lesson Mm. and so we look at that and we say what else can we do with this platform and then how can we put it in the hands of geocachers? Um, so something for the future that I'd like to see is maybe we can continue to augment the lab cache system so that it approaches sort of that vision for what, where I go is supposed to be, mm-hmm. but in a way that's much more accessible both mm-hmm. to builders and players. And if we do that, I think it can add another element to the game. It can help us extend geocaching in certain ways so you know one of the other challenges for geocaching imagine you're a school teacher and you and you say wow i can get students out of their chairs Um, i can get them on the the ball field Mm -hmm. learning a math lesson or a history lesson by placing geocaches there Well, they can't place public geocaches there because they don't want random geocachers showing up on school grounds. That's a a non-starter. But if we could give them access to this builder tool and say, hey, now you can create this experience, but it can be private just for your students, that presents an interesting opportunity both to allow for some compelling multimedia-based education, but also do it in a way that leverages geocaching as a platform, gives these students the ability to get out of their chairs and get that sense of adventure, exploration, and discovery, which again is, is part of our mission as a company. So how can we leverage some new tools to expand the definition of what a geocaching experience might be and then keep ourselves open to the possibility that these tools may incorporate technology that we haven't seen yet and if we do that then i think we're we're doing a we're we're doing what we're supposed to be doing as a company and helping to support the the creativity that's ultimately going to come from the community
3: yes very cool one last one, Gary, before you ask yours, because I just want to make sure I represented the chat room pretty well tonight. Yeah, that's fine.
2: No, you're good. The subject of
3: benchmarks came up, too. Are those oh, going to yeah, hang benchmarks. around for a while? Or I know there's not really much you can do with those, but they're kind of <laughs> in there, and that's a whole like subculture. People really go after those.
1: I, there's there's no plan to get rid of them at this point. You know, We sort of deprecated their presence a little bit on the website. It used mm-hmm. to be like its own tab back many, many years mm-hmm. ago. Yeah. Um, funny that you should ask. I just heard from somebody literally last week suggesting that they had a contact that might enable us to update the data set. So it's old. And when we first right. got it, it was yeah. just a big jumble of data And Elias did a ton of work to parse it so that we could ultimately get it into a consumable form so that we could put it on the website. Uh, That has not been updated, I think, since he did that project. So it is a bit stale. Um, I spoke with our director of IT, Ben, and I said, hey, you know, what's it going to take to do something like this? Is it a possibility? And he said, the truth is he doesn't know. um, But let's have the conversation. Let's get on the phone with them and see in what form do they have these updates? Is there something we can do to kind of improve the system for those people who are really into benchmarks? And, you know, unless it's a tremendous amount of work, sure, I'd love to see us do it. Uh, But again, that conversation literally started this past week. So hopefully it's something for a later show.
2: Cool. Mm. Hey, oh, uh-huh. cool.
0: there you go. Uh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> See what I did there? I, to do that. I know. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to chat with you. Brian. I'm That's good. <laughs> <can>. yeah, exactly.
2: <laughs> all right. Can I ask my question now, Jesse?
3: Yes, yeah. Go ahead. Because okay. I have about three more hours worth of questions I could easily I know. ask. we well, We're going to have to have Brian
2: yeah. back someday. And we can go through all our – I, I would come of come back. Yeah, oh, good. Very let's, cool. Let's do some stuff. We and appreciate it. I'm happy to come back. Oh, thank and, you, And
1: if you do a waymarking show – Let's see if we can get Boutron on there. Okay. Boutron okay. Is, is the head of our web engineering department. Uh, yep. It's Sean Boots. He's been with us for 14 years. Oh, wow. And cool. he was originally hired, when he was originally hired, his first project was to build Waymarking. Oh, and anytime wow. there's an issue with it or it goes down or whatever, we're like, hey, Sean, you can fix that. And, and like me, he's, he cares about it. And so yeah. that's, that's why it's still going, really.
3: Very we're cool.
2: f- we're fascinated with that just because we just don't know as much. I mean, we've wa- we've way but neither one
3: has ever really been into it enough much, enough no. to
2: even talk about it. So. Yeah, so we've got to get we we know our limitations, and so that's what we get experts yeah. on because we can't we don't know and we don't know all of it and that's why we go we go get great guests and that's that's you know it's and there's there's Jesse folks does. that
1: you know like with geocaching there's folks that are really into waymarking and yep. submitting waymarks every day i mean i want to say we're at like 825,000 waymarks oh, worldwide wow. Amazing. that's that's 825,000 approximately mm-hmm. user generated mm-hmm. points of interest that's just a tremendous amount of it content is. and i think that like with where i go we we've focused on geocaching and we've allowed those things to exist with no plans to shut them off it would be nice i i aspire to have us you know with the resources to to actually do a little bit of work with those it'd be cool to have a waymarking app that would allow you to both find them or submit new waymarks it, mm-hmm. i i just think it would be cool yeah. but again right now we're we're focused on geocaching mm-hmm. and and we're not shutting them off, but again, I, I aspire to to have this company have more resources so that we can do some work on both of those. Yeah.
3: very cool.
2: And now that geocaching has been around for a number of years, and we're coming up on twenty years, mm-hmm. it's coming up twenty years. And you, uh, you know, you have said before the show that you've agreed. To shake your head up and down, Brian. <laughs> say yes. No, I'm kidding. Um, Not yet. You can reveal tonight what the plan is for 2020. Well, here's what I would say.
1: <laughs> if there was a plan. I like the way I did that. Yeah, I do. I really do. Uh, if there was a plan, you guys would probably already know about it. Um, here's what I will say is... 20 years of geocaching is something that we would like to celebrate in some form. Yeah. Um, We are, we're actively looking at options right now. And as soon as there's some announcement that we can make or some info that we could share with the community, we will do that. Uh, Whether it's a multi event worldwide or a party here in Seattle or Mm -hmm. something else, um, We'll, we'll let folks know if we can get, uh, Elon Musk to fly a few of us to the space station, <laughs> There you go. that there might you be go. a fun way to celebrate, but, uh, we'll, we'll see. I think that's a, a little ways out of our budget. Yeah. <laughs> well, but I think,
2: I think, you know, speaking from the community side, I think, uh, I, I appreciate the fact that you, you guys are thinking about it and you're kind of mulling over what is it that we can do to kind of, uh, celebrate.
1: Absolutely, we are. Yeah, we'd love to. And and it's funny because I was just at the uh, event AmC, uh, just outside of Frankfurt, and I got asked that question more than a few <laughs> times. Basically, <laughs> they, by people. Somebody came up to me and said, "We have a, we can fill a plane with German geocachers." And we have a pilot who is a German geocacher, and we'd love to just just <laughs> let us know when so that we can start the planning. Right. And I th- I think that that'd be really cool if we can make it happen. But there's a, there's a lot of work that needs to go into it, and and we're taking some steps.
3: Yeah. Very cool. Really I'm keeping that. my fingers crossed. That's why I'm waiting on going to get the ape cache in Seattle. I'm not uh, saving off yeah. my trips to next year. <laughs> See,
2: we're trying. We're all we're all kind of all trying to make. There's a lot and, of
3: people that are already talking about whatever happens. Yeah, They're 2020. planning a trip, just thinking it's going to be near Seattle. You know, that's yeah. a logical location. So everybody's kind of waiting. I want to wait till next year to go. Yeah. So it'll be, it'll be interesting.
1: Yeah. Well, hopefully we've got some info to announce in the next few months. Hopefully, cool. It very take cool. Too. That's awesome.
2: Uh, all right. Well, we're starting starting to wrap up for tonight. Um, um, I don't know. I'm not. I think. I'm going to leave a bunch of, of stuff on the table because I'm going to use that as fodder to say, Brian, I, I got to have you come back on at some point because <laughs> I got a lot of unanswered uh, questions. So
1: great. I'll do it.
2: Good. Come back. Appreciate that. Um, so let's just kind of go around the room and, and, and wrap things up tonight. Um, Jesse, um, I'm going to let you kind of okay. kick off our cool. final
3: for my final thoughts I could talk for a long time about it but I'm going to I'm going to take my opportunity and say what the chat room's been saying which is yeah. thank you for coming on the show tonight and they think it's very very cool that you know somebody is high up in the company and somebody is invested in this company is is taking the time to come on and share this information with us and you know not everybody that's you know the president of every company doesn't go in and meet all its customers. Right. And you're, you're kind of, this is a way to kind of meet the customers. And it's just shows how geocaching is really involved with its people. It's not just mm-hmm. some company putting out a product. They listen, you know, and they they're, they're interactive with, with people. And I think that's been said about 15 times now in the, in the chat room is thank you for coming on and, you know, and just meeting us kind of, you know, meeting listen, us where th- we are.
1: Thanks. Thanks for having me. And honestly, like, I'm a geocacher. I love this game. And, and my favorite part of this game is the community and the people and the, the, again, the way that, that this game has, has affected people's lives and brought us all together. So I have a role to play just as you guys have a role to play. You know, I'm, I'm a geocacher like everybody else. And for me, to get to, to come on a show like this and have people even remotely interested in what I have to say. Like, I'm, I can tell you guys the stories and, and tell you what it means to me, but I'm just like everybody else. You know, I have a, I, it's been 17 and a half years and I, I could not feel more fortunate to get to work here at HQ with all these, there's so many wonderful people here. And for what it's worth, those, those people care. They care about this game. They care about the community. We want to do more. And so, for you know, this is this isn't hard for me. I get to to come here and talk to you guys and and just answer questions. It's it's a real treat. So you know, thanks for having me and and for everybody oh, yeah. that's tuning in. I appreciate it. I hope to meet all of you either out on the trail or at headquarters or at some event somewhere. And and if you do, my lights just turned after yeah, I'm like, not moving around here enough. There you go. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um but it's it's a real treat and and I consider myself real fortunate to be a part of it. This game's changed my life as well. Uh it's brought me my family, it's brought me my 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 daily like joy just getting to be a part of it. So Thanks for having me on the show. It's really a treat. Oh, that's awesome. Well, we were,
2: we're so appreciative. You, you said, Jesse
1: do you have a last
3: there's I, one last question. Do you let people know what your geocaching name is? Or is that kind I, of a secret?
1: No, it's it's no secret at okay. all. It's and it's not it's not very original either. It's it's Brian, B-R-Y-A-N. <laughs> people were asking the chat. So. <laughs> <laughs> it is so so Jeremy's username is Jeremy. Jeremy Elias's username is Elias. My username is Brian.
3: Wow! Yeah, if you yeah. have a first name as your username, you're probably like you know an OG. Right. You're an original geocacher. That's right. or No doubt about it. Right? A charter, you know, it's, well,
1: the it's, charter. it's It's interesting. My my member number I want to say is like 127, which huh. is you would think it would be in the in the single <laughs> digits or whatever. Right. But but, but like I, I I even back then. You know, I I was excited about the prospect of kind of helping to serve this community and support the game, mm-hmm. but I wasn't a geocacher when we started. I didn't I I understood it, but I didn't have a GPS. I hadn't really started to play, so it took me a couple of weeks to actually create my account. My account is from September two thousand. But if you look at mountain bike, for example, yeah, mountain bike's <laughs> he's he's user number twenty four on right. the website, and and if I look awesome. at the Accounts we have, and obviously a lot of people aren't active, but we've got over 25 million user accounts. That's incredible. 25 million. So, you know, it's, yeah, to have your first name as a username, (laughs) it's, it's, it's early days, big, big time. That
2: is so awesome. All right. Well, like I said, th- and so Brian, we 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 really do um, from Jesse and I. We do appreciate you coming on our little show and uh, uh, giving us such such great great time tonight, and uh, uh, it, it means a lot to us. And uh, it, it, we just can't tell you how much it it means to us. Uh, we're, we'll be talking about this for a long time, uh, but. Um, We're looking forward, like you said. We're we're looking forward to to doing this again someday. Um, So um, we're going to talk quickly about some upcoming shows. Uh, Next week, Jesse and I are going to tackle an interesting topic, geocaching ethics. So um, that's show 118 next week. We're also going to reveal some um, announcement. For this coming year, uh, this coming uh, holiday season, so looking forward to announcing that. So stay tuned. Come back next week and hear about that. Um, then in two weeks, we're gonna and this is uh, Jesse's idea. I love it. The the topic for or the and he even we got the title for it is called "How Not to Make a Multicash." So come <laughs> come listen to us tell you how not to do it. No, it'll be it'll be a fun show. We're gonna talk about multicaches multi caches and um how to how not to do them because we've done some bad ones in the past, but we want you to make good caches. So, you know, you know, that's what Brian's told us. We got to, We got to start making better caches. And so we're going to tell people, uh, hopefully share some ideas of how to make good multi-caches. So that's in two weeks, in three weeks, um, Joshua, the geocaching vlogger is coming back on the show and he gave me the title to his, which is planes, trains, and automobiles. And Joshua is doing something crazy, like you were talking about, Brian. Joshua is going to be going out to Seattle. He is going to meet with that German group that is flying in. And they're going to do – they're going to like – they're they're taking a train to Vancouver, and then they're going to take buses to – I don't know. They're going all over. They're basically trying to fill Jasmine, and they're going to do this whole crazy thing together. And so Josh was going to come on the show in three weeks and give us an update of how it was uh, tooling around – the western u.s with uh, some great german geocachers so we're looking forward to that show in three weeks so uh well folks we hope you enjoy the show tonight uh email us your comments at talk at gmail.com don't forget to follow us on twitter at geocashtalk or mine's at gary slinkard um our instagram is geocashtalk jesse is been doing a lot on uh, for us on Instagram uh, with uh, his is Memphis Mafia, all one word. And our Facebook is, of course, Facebook.com forward slash Geocache Talk. Show can be found on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Spotify, and, of course, the Geocache Talk website, geocache talk.com. Don't forget to click on the subscribe button below and ring that little bell there so you can get reminded of the show and see and hear it on a weekly basis. Tell your friends about the show and have them be involved and, uh, join in the chat room. We have a very active chat room. It flows now, doesn't it? Jesse, it just kind of rolls down <laughs> with so many folks. It's, it's good. That's a good thing. And, uh, but it's so, it's so neat to see, uh, everybody there in the chat room and, um, uh, just the the chance to participate together and ask good questions. We've have we have a great chat room uh, bunch. So anyway, very good. Well, until next week, don't just talk about geocaching. Do what Brian does and what we do, and that is you got to get out and go geocaching. Good night, everybody. Good night. Cheers. Happy
1: caching, everybody.